everyone, and welcome you all into the 21st episode of Trojan Talk. I'm Zach Taranko here with Jeff Christianberry and Cole Purvis. How are you guys doing this morning? Great. That's good. We got a, a nice Wednesday here, almost April break, but going to talk some TA sports real quick. We have our TA TV schedule out uh, for boys and girls lacrosse. Our first boys lacrosse game will be on 427, which I think is the Tuesday back from April break uh, versus Portland at home. And the girls game will be on 429, which is versus Noble. So getting closer and closer. Uh, I don't know about you guys, but I'm excited to get uh, lacrosse back. And I know both teams looking good this year. And just as before we go to the professional side of sports, I want to ask you a question. Do you guys have a favorite spring sports moment of TA from the past you know, few years or whenever of you know, lacrosse, baseball, something like that? I'll go way back, um, and this is because I was just involved in it, and it was the uh, – when I was in high school, this was many years ago, I was the manager of the baseball team my senior year. Um, and uh, Mr. Parody, who's a dean here, was the coach, mm-hmm. and uh, had some really fun times. The team was good. Not, you know, we didn't win a state championship or anything, but we played at Hadlock Field uh, against Portland. Portland at that time was really good. And Keel Martin, who Mr. Martin, who's a wellness teacher here at TA, graduated the same year I did, was a great baseball player, and uh, he hit the ball off the top, the very top of the Green Monster, which I think the Green Monster was like just new that year in mm-hmm. Portland, and he hit it right off the top. We all thought it was a home run, and he hit it off the top. He ended up getting a double. We still end up we end up losing the game pretty you know horribly uh, in the last <laughs> inning. But anyway, that was just a, a, a fun moment because that was that would have been like a, an all time home run for him. But uh, lo- uh, recently, probably when the when boys across won states, uh, they, had, they had some epic games against Falmouth there in the state mm-hmm. championship game, and uh, and it was nice to see that that program finally get over the top and win one, and then they won two. Yeah, cool. I would say the state championship in 2019 for mm-hmm. lacrosse. I was just kind of – I hadn't watched a ton of lacrosse until then, and I went to the game, and that was really cool to see them win a state championship, mm-hmm. and it really got the community into the lacrosse program, and now it's become pretty popular today. And then last year as well, going to the state baseball game, it's always cool at uh, St. Joe's, and hopefully they can get back there this year, although they didn't win. Uh, but it's just great that we have spring sports back. We've had a lot of scrimmages, but I think every team is ready to really get going uh, to the regular season and play some real games. Lacrosse has been going all over the place. Um, uh, they, like yesterday, I went to uh, Messalonski, which yep. is up in yeah. Oakland, Maine. Um, so, I mean, they've, they've done pretty well in their, in their results in the, in the preseason. So it should be interesting. One thing I do want to bring up, too, um, kind of a late-breaking uh, high school sports story. So I'm going to drop it on you guys, see what you think, is high school football. They, there was a story yesterday in the Press Herald about they're going to change the schedule, uh, the way they schedule games to try to get rid of some of these lopsided games. So what's going to happen in Class A is there'll be a nine-game schedule like always, but mm-hmm. one of the games, instead of being two games against Class uh, B schools, there's going to be one game against a New Hampshire school of equal um, or oh, of comparable see. size okay. and skill. Now, th- those have happened in the past once in a while and certainly for scrimmages, but this is the first time that they're going to count. Like, they're going to count in the Crabtree standings, yep. and basically heel points for football. Um, so, And I heard a little bit of rumblings of this from Coach Kiesel a couple weeks ago about they were looking at it. This is something that was actually proposed three or four years ago by Coach Cooper of Bounty Eagle yep. um, about these kind of – you put teams in pods. So, yes, you have a Class A, but you have a, 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 a four-team Class A or a pod of four teams, and they kind of play maybe one or two of the top teams in Class B depending on mm-hmm. not just size of their school but skill level. Um, so it looks like it's going to pass. It was presented yesterday at the MPA Football Committee, I think it's what's called. hasn't been official yet, but it looks like it's going to happen. Uh, if so, what do you think about that? Um, 
some of the smaller, some of the bigger schools by size, you know, Edward Little, Deering, those kind of schools, not playing the bigger schools instead of playing a New Hampshire team. And for us, I think we'll play some pretty big schools in New Hampshire. What, do you, what would you think about that if that happened? I think it would be good for TA. I mean, I know next year is going to be, uh, I'm not, I don't think anyone's really sure what's going to happen because missing, you know, 20 to 25 seniors who were all really important to this team. And the thing that gets me the most is that O line, that D line, um, which is basically, it was all seniors last year. So, mm-hmm. Um, it, it's gonna be it's gonna be tough. I think it's good for TA. I don't think we've had a season here in the last five years where I've said, "Wow, this is gonna be really hard." Like we're gonna have to work really hard this season. Um, so I'm excited, but um, I'm not even sure what the who the good New Hampshire teams are. I know we played Pinkerton last year as a preseason game, and um, they were pretty good. So. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to remember, exciting. I think Coach Kiesel mentioned like what teams they were looking at. It wasn't Pinkerton um, for the regular season game, but because Pinkerton's a huge school, they're yep. like bigger than us. Mm-hmm. Um, football wise, they're pretty good too. I forget the exact name. You know, there, there are some really big schools. I mean, you have places like Manchester, New Hampshire, which are massive schools. Yep. We probably won't play someone like that, but someone. Um, I, I'll, I'll think about it by, by the time next time we do an episode, we'll have some answers on yep. that. But uh, what do you think, Cole? I mean, you when you look at the schedule early in the season, you can pick out like one or two games that are going to be competitive. But if you have competitive games consistently, that just makes everything better. It's a bigger challenge for the team and for the fans to see some close games, not all these blowouts. Because let's be honest, I think TA's closest game was eight points at mm-hmm. Oxford Hills last season. So that's awesome just to play uh, Class B teams, New Hampshire teams. Uh, I remember Marshwood a couple years ago. They played Marshwood, who's in Class B, and that was a really competitive game I just want to bring those back those yeah. were those were some great games so I would be uh, strongly in favor of that it's just be interesting you, you fast forward five years even in, in, in high school football in Maine like what's gonna look like I don't know it's crazy I mean mm-hmm. thank God Chevers they're they've been politely I think they they're saying that they chose to go back to class to, to 11-man football but I think that was a little push because they were yeah. just killing teams uh, in, in eight-man first school of yeah. that size they should be in 11-man and they are going to be in class C next year yeah well it, it's exciting and it's it's not not anything bad which I think is a great part of that so um, you know some, something to be excited for, for for next year but now we're going to move on to the professional side we'll start with the Celtics I, I am sporting my Jason Tatum Celtics jersey because you know they've been the, the most uh most surprising and and positive thing about Boston sports. But at then least. when I pick them, they lose. Yeah, when you pick them, yeah. So, well, <laughs> they won every game this week except for the one you picked them. <laughs> so they're going to play the Nets in the two seven matchup. Uh, the Nets beat the Cavs last night. I know that the score at halftime was almost twenty points, and they, mm-hmm. it was only about a seven point win. So you know, it doesn't really matter. I don't think the Cavs are going to win that one anyways. But uh, the Nets coming in, not many injuries left. Ben Simmons, I know, isn't going to play, but. Um, what do you guys think about this matchup? Do you think the Celtics? I, mean, I, I know a lot of people are saying, "Oh, the Nets are going to make it. The Nets are so good." But I think the Celtics are, are good enough even without Robert Williams. What do you guys think? Give me your 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 series your series pick. I'm amped. I'm going to the game. Yep. Uh, I bought tickets about two weeks ago, just as a generic going to you know game one of the Celtics first round. And at that point, they were the number one seed. I think it was like the one time they were number one or mm-hmm. tied for number one. So it really could have been anybody. And as it got closer, it's like, okay, wow, they could actually be the two seed, and the Nets could come in. Like, yep. I don't really. I mean, going to the game would be fun, but I don't want to see Cleveland or the Bulls. Everyone's saying, oh, the Bulls they stink right now, so it'd be an easy win. It's like, yeah, but I don't want to see a good game. Mm-hmm. I think the Nets is the dream matchup. I understand the whole theory of well, you know, you want to avoid them because they could beat you, but then it's like if you really think they're a championship team then they shouldn't matter they should be able to roll through not roll through but you know beat everybody in in front of them um so i think it's gonna be a great series all that said i'd take the nets in six really i just think i think honestly i think robert williams is is gonna be a huge factor because you know you have durant durant and and Kyrie who like to to to, you know to go to the bucket and you have i love um what's this i'm gonna forget his name not Whiteside. who's the big oh drummond i think he's a i mean good player 
And yeah. you know, last night he showed against that, and that game was twenty. It was never really in doubt. The Nets kind of, you know, yeah. They, they Kyrie, kind of, the Kyrie wasn't didn't, didn't miss a shot in the first half. Yeah. Right? No, no. So yeah. they, he basically they basically kind of coasted that win. But I just think, uh, I don't know. I mean, I definitely could see the Celtics winning. Um, I don't think it's going to be a sweep or a five game series either way. I think it's going to be a six or seven game series. And I just think the Nets. I mean, just think like, this is the Nets. This is the two two of the best players in the NBA. And if and the Celtics go out and beat them. You know, we all think, oh, they should because they've had a great season. But, like, this is, you know, an all-time – should be an all-time on paper great team, the Nets. Mm-hmm. And they haven't played that way. Um, and it would be a huge disappointment for them to lose. And it would be a huge stain on the careers of Kyrie and Kevin Durant. You can't just put that out of your mind because they haven't played well this year. So, if, they, if the Celtics win, great. They deserve it. But uh, I'm taking Nets in six. I can't bet against Kevin Durant in the playoffs. Oh, even you though guys, you aren't believers. Come Marcus, on. Marcus Smart is a defensive player of the year candidate and he leads a great Celtics defense. But Kevin Durant can rise up over anybody and get a mid range shot whenever he wants to. And I've been impressed with his leadership. You know, he said some stuff in an interview last night, you know, we have to respect our opponents. And he doesn't always do that. He gets into it with the fans a lot, but mm-hmm. it looks like he's uh, in a good spot here heading into this first round. And Kyrie, I think Kyrie might struggle in the garden the first couple of games, mm-hmm. but if he gets going and like last night didn't miss a shot for a while, he had like 37 points, I think. Um, that'll be scary with Kevin Durant and Kyrie. So my prediction, Nets in seven, which would be a huge no. disappointment for mm-hmm. the Celtics who have really turned it on and got the two seed. I think it goes Celtics win the first one. Kyrie struggles. Kyrie comes back as a great game and two in the garden, and the Nets win games two, three, four. Celtics winning game five back at home, and then the Nets close it out in but six. But don't bet against Kevin Durant. We'll come back to this in one And don't bet with Cole. We'll you, talk about you that. Got, you, guys, you, guys, <laughs> you guys are crazy. I got Celtics in five, and here's my Celtics in five. So listen, that, so listen. So I went to a, a, I went, I went to a Celtics-Nets game in March, and everybody was healthy. Everybody played. Seth Curry, Andre Drummond, everybody. Uh-huh. And that was Tatum's 54-point game. But my thing is, is that Kevin Durant had 40 points. Kyrie had over 20. And the Nets... Every time Kevin Durant went for a fadeaway, he got a foul call. And they still lost the game. The Celtics dominated. Now, yes, Robert Williams in that game. But I think the Celtics overall are better than the Nets. And I don't, I, if I'm the Nets, I don't want to, I can't put it all on Kyrie and Kevin Durant because you need to have other players. Because for the Celtics, it's not just Brown and Tatum. It, you've got Marcus Smart. You've got Payne Pritchard, who's been stepping up. You've got you know Derek White and Daniel Tice. And on the other side, where has Seth Curry been? You know, Andre Drummond is, is okay, but I think the Celtics in five, I think they're going to shock everybody. The Nets aren't going to play very well. And you guys are crazy. Like here comes Ben Simmons. You watch Ben Simmons is going to come no, to the they, rescue. They, 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 have, they, they have good. They, they have say good that, role watch players me. though. But I think you can put the game on Kevin Durant's shoulders and win. He's that <sighs> good. The key thing in your little uh, rant right there was you saw it in March, and that is not playoff time. This is playoff time. Yeah. It's play like a playoff game. Kyrie, I would be shocked. I wouldn't either. be shocked if the Celtics won the series. I would be shocked if they won it in five. Okay. Well, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll come happens. back to it when they win in five. After this, well, yeah. But next time we do one yeah. of these, it'll be That's after this seven. round. So. Here's what I heard though this morning was that the the spacing of the games, game <laughs> one. So game one Sunday. is yep. Sunday. Then there's two two days between. Game one and game two. Then there's two days between games yeah, two see. and three, and then two games between three and four. Perfect for Durant. And perfect for Robert Williams. Now that's he's a, not coming. That's back. a stretch. That's the thing that I don't really like about the NBA playoffs, though. Oh, it drags dumb. on. Yeah. For it dra- two you're months. right. But it's that is months. if Robert Williams can get on the early side of that return. What do you think he's going to be like when he comes back after not doing anything for six weeks? Uh, it's not like he's going to come back and be like, oh, I'm I'm totally fine. He, he, okay, Just, you guys, you guys have to believe. We'll you have we'll to believe. We'll mark this down. That's in right. seven. 
So i got a question for you guys now, since we're talking about the NBA. If you were the NBA commissioner, which is Adam Silver, right? I can't yes. remember. Would you change or take away the play-in tournament? Now, I know we all don't really like the play-in tournament, but thinking about it from the NBA side, as the commissioner, would you change it or take it away? Uh, I'll, I'll keep it simple. I'll take it away. I think it's I think it's stupid. It's it's a way for get to, for, for more TV money. Are the games compelling? Yes, they can be compelling because some teams are playing for the. But three of the teams that play in that first day are not playing for their playoff lives because if they lose, they get to play yeah. another one. So not worried. Yeah, I I think it's soft. I've already said this on uh, this podcast that it's it's not fair for these seven and eight seeds who have earned the right to get in by making a late season push to now have to prove it again and play um it was painful as a warriors fan last year they got the eight seed and then they missed the playoffs that was that was really bad but um and then also a 10 seed who's 10 games below 500 shouldn't be able to make the playoffs we've talked about this but a lot of money comes in because last night you have guys like kevin durant and kyrie playing in the play and last year lebron steph curry so it definitely makes a lot of money and i can see from the commissioner's perspective why they want it but i would take it away yeah i i have to agree i think it should be taken away i don't think um i think it's very enjoyable i don't think that um i don't think it's fair you know like the the seven and eight seeds are just being they don't have they shouldn't have to play a game they they deserved yeah. it one through eight yeah. um but you know I, it's for, it's for the money it's for extra games to get more people involved and yeah, we'll see after four or five years on in how many nine and ten seeds actually make it and do anything in the playoffs anyway yeah mm-hmm. all right we're going to move on quickly to the red Sox. the mlb started the last few days well, actually hold on we're going to have a special guest here oh, for the rest of the special, guest. Our special we, podcast for so the first time since we started this that's right mr bolsover is going to come in and, and finish off for me so let's bring in mr p right now we want to welcome in our special guest, Mr. Pulsifer here, the co-general uh, manager of TATV. How are you doing this morning? I'm great, guys. How are you guys doing? I'm doing great, Cole. I think he's doing, doing great as well. We have some Bruins talk here last night, an unfortunate loss. They could have clinched a, a playoff berth, but they lose 4-2 to two to, the, to the Blues and yet another injury to Brandon Carlo. And right now, with less than 10 games in the season, they've got a lot of injuries. They're, they're sitting between this like, hey, we could move higher, we could move lower. So I first want to ask you, do you think that the Bruins should sit their injured players or bring them back to get that higher seating? Well, I mean, I think they've locked up a playoff spot, you know, with one of the wild cards. I don't. They're obviously not going to win the Atlantic at this point. Mm-hmm. They dropped to fourth in the Atlantic last night after their, you know, tough loss last night. Yep. So I, I would say at this point, you know, it's like you want to get prepared for the playoffs, but then at the same time, it's like, do you want to, you know, take a chance, you know, losing any momentum that had been really mm-hmm. built up over the winter? I mean, these last, you know, five or six games, it's kind of been wishy-washy, you know, back yep. and forth. You know, it's like mm-hmm. a win, okay, oh, now a loss, and now they're starting to pile up losses. And again, losses obviously piling up with injuries. You know, yep. their lines are all mixed up. You know, they're doing their best uh, trying to balance it. But again, right now, you can tell they're just a depleted team. And then mm-hmm. the goaltending situation, you know, that's a whole other yeah. situation I know that you, I'm sure you can talk about with yeah. your boy Swayman. But, <laughs> you know, Allmark sometimes is great, but then all then all and he's not and then obviously Swayman is hot and cold so they got to get that figured out here with 10 games to go yep my next question for you is looking into the playoffs right now Mm -hmm. it looks like as the wild card one or maybe the wild card two it's either gonna be Florida or Carolina two Mm -hmm. two great teams and I want to get your thoughts let's just say we play Carolina because that looks like it's going to be right now do you think we have a chance? Let's say everyone's healthy, Pashanog, you know, all the defense, but do you think we have a chance in if, that series? If everyone's back, yes, they absolutely have mm-hmm. a chance. And not only a chance in that series, I think they have a chance in the Eastern Conference. You know, yep. Will they be able to win it all? I, I don't know if they have, the honestly, the goaltending this year to mm-hmm. do that. I think Swayman's a year off. I think this year has yep. been a great development year for him. Mm-hmm. We've obviously seen, you know, kind of like what a lot of young players have is they have some great stretches. Yep. And then they have some questionable stretches. <laughs> yeah. And yep. so I think this has been a great learning year for him. Um, you know, on the other side of that, though, it's like while it's a learning year for Swayman, 
you have some veterans here who I don't know how much longer this core nucleus can stay together. Mm -hmm. And it's like, do you want to, you know, mortgage the future, so to speak, to win now, or do we want to keep development? I mean, you saw at the trade deadline when we got um, Lindsholm there, we yep. signed him to an eight-year deal. Obviously, they're saying, look, we got to make a better defensive pairing mm -hmm. with McAvoy. I mean, they got McAvoy, you got Lindholm, and then not a lot else after that. And now with Lindholm <laughs> yeah. out, he's injured too as part of this whole injury yeah. bug we've got. Uh, you're kind of seeing that really start to take effect. So the Bruins in the offseason at least have got to figure out the defensive pairings. And again, this offseason or, or excuse me, postseason, it, it may not be enough time to figure it all out. Yeah, that, that, that point you made is great. I think out of anybody on this team who I think may not be ready for that kind of playoff hockey is the goalie. I mean, Olmark has been playing with the Sabres his whole career. hasn't really been in a playoff situation and Swayman didn't have much time. He played one or two games in, that, right, in last right. year. So not a lot of experience and then oh, the last question for the Bruins here is you know they've been messing around with that third defensive pairing you know Derek Forber Mike Riley Connor Clifton and Josh Brown mm -hmm. if let's say everyone's back so it'll be Lindholm McAvoy on that first pairing and Grizzlick and Carl on the second who do you think would be the perfect pairing for the playoffs for that Bruins boy you know I I watched a little bit of the game the other night last night and uh, you know I, I kind of like Brown you know he's yep. a good offseason or not offseason uh, midseason acquisition here so mm -hmm. I honestly I would say stick with Clifton and Brown at this point you know let them form some chemistry here over the last, you know, nine, mm. ten games of the season. See what happens. You know, I, I still think there's enough time left to develop some type of chemistry, some type of flow with that mm. top six defensive defenseman. But again, at the same time, you know, if it games continue to go as they're going, where it's like win, lose, win, lose. Yeah. You know, I, mm. I think you know Cassie's going to have to figure out like, is this a good good pairing? And mm. you know, do we have to mix things up? Um, again, might be, I, I don't know, maybe you could speak to this a little bit more, Zach. Uh, you know, maybe it's a college edition signing here real quick that we sneak in into the top six. Yeah, I, I think so. And I think that when it comes to the playoffs, I want a guy like Brown, as you said, because we need those big buys. I know yeah. we tried that before with Jared Tenorti. You know, he's like 6'8", like 240, but he couldn't stick handle the puck. And that's not something we need in the playoffs. But Brown has been playing well. And the one good thing from these injuries is that these guys are getting more time. They're, mm -hmm. they're You know, mm -hmm. Cassie's saying, you have to play 20 minutes in this game. We need you, so you got to show up. And so they're, they're having to, to show Cassie what, what they can do. And so, you know, it, it's getting closer. Um, I, I don't know what the plan right now is. I, don't, I mean, 10 games left. What do you do? Do you sit them? Do you play them? I mean, they, they are still one point behind Tampa. They could uh, come back, but... Do you do you bring Lindholm back a game too early? Do you bring Pashnak back a game too early? It's you just don't I, know. I think with it locked up right now, and honestly, what you've seen in the Eastern Conference is the Bruins, when healthy, can play with anyone. Yeah. So in my mind, if I was Cassie and I was you know Don Sweeney in the Bruins organization, I would say you know what we just got to get healthy. We're, we're yep. getting ready for the stretch run mm -hmm. here. We're not going to mortgage one game, which again we might even be able to win based on the NHL this year. It's been a lot of back and forth. I would say let's get ready for the playoffs. Yep. You know, to relate it to an NBA reference, you know, it's almost like the Nets here, the Brooklyn Nets. That's where it's like they rested guys throughout the year, and yep. it's like now they they just got into the playoff the playing game. They won that last night, and mm -hmm. now obviously they're going to gear up for the Celtics series starting on Sunday. Um, you know, we'll we'll see what happens with them too. You know, they're a great case study in terms of you know do we rest people and just get ready for the postseason and say once yep. we're ready we can do it, mm -hmm. or are they going to just not have enough chemistry to in order to advance? Yeah, there's a lot of questions, but we're going to have to wait for the next few games, see what they do, see who comes back, and we'll talk now about the Boston Red Sox who. You know, a shaky, shaky start. You know, I think they're two and three right now. Had a couple of quick games at the beginning of the season to the Yankees, and they didn't play well in that series. So I want to ask you guys both: uh, Do you think that the Red Sox are just at the short end of the stick here, uh, with you know Toronto being a really good team, the Yankees playing well, just not having a good team, or do you think it's
it's a it's an early season slump. We'll start with you, Cole. Yeah, I think they'll finish third in the division. The Blue Jays have a flashy roster, one of the flashiest mm-hmm. in in all of baseball with Bichette and Guerrero, and the Yankees winning two out of three. Almost, I thought they might have swept them, but the Red Sox, you got to beat teams like the Tigers, who aren't supposed to be very good. But at the same time, it's game number five of one sixty-two, yep. and Trevor Story's not back, so I think when he comes back, that'll make a huge difference mm-hmm. in their lineup and give them some firepower offensively, which they haven't had. Um, they had to come back yesterday. They were down 3-0, and they won 5-3. Mm-hmm. to uh, You just got to grind your way through the season, and that's what they did yesterday. Yep. Josh? You know, I think one of the good early season successes for the Red Sox has been their bullpen. Um, you know, I didn't think that was going to be a strength at all coming mm-hmm. into this season. And, you know, over the first six games, while, yes, they've had some losses, um, you know, I think Garrett Whitlock, who they just signed to a four-year extension, you yep. know, that, that was a steal picking him up from the Yankees in the Rule 5 draft a mm-hmm. year ago or two years ago at this point. Um, you know, so I think that's there's a lot of potential here. You know, I think their offense – and, again, they haven't even played a home game yet. Think about that. Yeah. You know, yep. they've been – on the road in since the spring, March, yeah. since spring training. They have not even played a game at Fenway yet. So mm-hmm. I think, you know, if I'm the Red Sox and I'm Alex Cora, they're just trying to weather this early season storm. Let's get home. Let's open it up. And, I again, they always play great at Fenway. Yeah. You know, picking up Story, he's got a perfect swing for left field at Fenway. Mm-hmm. He's going to pull the ball. He's going to have a ton of doubles this year. He might lead the league in doubles once he gets going. Yeah. So, again, I think they're going to be just fine. You know, I'm not too worried about April baseball, like Cole said. It, it's only five, six games into the year. They're, they're going to be fine. Yeah. I'll say, as you said, lots of games left. I want to thank Josh Paulson for coming in as our special guest, and uh, we'll hopefully see you soon. Anytime. All right. We want to, again, thank Josh Paulson for coming in as our special guest. And now we get to the Pick the Winners. It's our third week. And start off with uh, giving Cole a congratulations for going 0-6 last week. Yeah, great job. I've had a rough month. I picked, <laughs> we all I, haven't done that great, but that was bad. I picked Kentucky and Iowa in March Madness. <laughs> yeah, it started with championship. that. One day into the tournament, they're both out. It's it's just my luck. Yeah. It is. One and quick, really quick note. Sorry about Iowa. Did you see Cooper Flag's got to be? Yes, I did Iowa. see that. Yeah. Crazy. So we'll start with the standings. I right now I'm in first, six and four. You, Ooh, uh, you, you you are in second, with five and five, and Cole again one and nine in last <laughs> place. Uh, so we can't be any worse, I we, guess. We've well, got five which, games. Which one did you get right so far? What uh, happened? To it was that actually game? it was actually an NHL game. Oh, the game was fixed. Wow. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So we got a lot of NBA this week because of the playoffs. We'll start off with. You know, two less exciting games, but they're pretty close, so I want you to get your thoughts. We'll start with the Hornets, the 10th seed, at the Hawks tonight in the playing game. Hornets, Hawks. I'm yep. going Hawks. Hawks? Yeah. Me, me too, Hawks. I would just like to say I picked the Celtics twice, and they've lost both times, so it's the Celtics' fault. <laughs> okay, so I think we're all going Hawks there. I'll agree. Yep. And then the other uh, 9-10 game, the Spurs at the Pelicans tonight. Uh, give me the Spurs. They've been playing well. All right. I will go. I'm going to have to go with the Spurs, too, because uh, they, they really, they're really hot right now. See, I found that I usually win games when I pick against you guys, so I'm going to go Pelicans in that one. Gotcha. And then we got the only hockey game of this week. Um, we got the Penguins at the Bruins. It's a Saturday matinee primetime game. The Bruins dealing with some injuries. Could have some players back. Uh, you know, I, Again, Cole, your only win was a hockey game, so maybe you'll get this one right. I'm Wait. going Bruins. I'm going 3-0. Wait, go. who are they playing? They're playing the Penguins. Penguins. Oh, Penguins. Give me the Penguins all day. Even though if Kenny Walton is suspended. I'm going to go. hear that on the news? He's not going to play because it's four games. That's okay. All right. So I'm going to go Bruins as well. Then we have our first two uh, real playoff games, I would say. Uh, we got the game one between the number four 76ers and the number five Raptors. It'll be at Philadelphia. Philly. I think Philly's going to sweep the Raptors. Me too. All right. Yeah, I got to go Philadelphia as well. I just don't think that the Raptors are ready, ready for that. And then our last one of this week is the game one between the number five Jazz and number four Mavericks. That's a hard one. I'm going to go Jazz. Mavs. I'm going to go Jazz as well. 
because I just feel like I just feel like they're more ready than than the Mavericks are. Just even though I won't count, I have two that aren't going to count for us. So what about Celtics Nets? I'm I'm going Celtics game one, even though I think they're going to lose the series. Um, me too. Celtics game one. Yeah, he's going to think they're, they're going to basically sweep him. So yeah, well, you gotta you gotta have that 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 energy, that Boston energy. You know what I mean? Another one again, we won't count because it's soccer. But Man City Liverpool playing again this week. This time it can't be a draw. It's in the FA Cup semifinal. I'm going with Liverpool, but you know we don't have to pick it. But big big match again. The team the team had an amazing game last Saturday or Sunday. Two two was it was a draw. So it was one of those exciting draws. They play again this Saturday in a cup semifinal. Yeah, I got Man City. I just of course you do. I got yeah. to go against you. Yeah, yeah that's, that's, that's fine. That's what fine. I do. Well, it's got me to first place. So, exactly. You know, yeah, exactly. Right. So far, we'll yeah. see next. We'll see next week. Well, that's gonna do it for the 21st episode of Trojan Talk. I just want to thank you all for watching, and we will see you all next week.